if the audio was good. All right, audio, audio, audio. Audio was good. All right. So I guess we're starting all over once again. Uh, anyway, guys. Um, <laughs> today has been a tough day for me with these live streams. I might have to throw the towel in and start all over. Okay, I hit the button on my uh, ear on these uh, earphones and it took the sound away. So I guess if you're still hanging around after all these mishaps, this is the second video we done started. It's just bananas a day. But anyway, uh, audio is good now. All right, guys. So listen, what I wanted to share with y'all guys today is something I have been thinking about last night. Uh, right now, I'm down here in the lab, you know, really working on this website, trying to get this website up and running. Uh, we have made some great progress today, but it's still a lot of work that needs to be done. But we make great progress today. We have actually um, got the platform that we will be using. So that's a good thing. Um, got the hosting locked up, you know, so that's great. So we're making some good, um, we're making some great progress, just to say that. Uh, still waiting for guys to uh, send us some more content. But anyway, so, um, so uh, what I want to talk about is something that I had, I thought about last night, and I think is a really great analogy that uh, game file breeders can can kind of relate to, um, and I think it really speaks volumes of the importance of raw materials, or say uh, the right brood file or seed file, foundation file, whatever you want to call it. I call it brood file. Um, but I had watched had opportunity to watch a documentary about Japanese swordsmanship. You know. Uh, swordsmith you know the old japanese who make samurai swords um javier what's going on buddy um so when i watched that documentary i could not do i couldn't help myself but to think how much that related to breeding animals in general but let's just talk about game fowl and then talk about the process of creating a samurai sword, um, which to me is almost identical or is identical to the process of creating great game foul. Um, and one of the things that struck me the most was the fact that one, there, you know, a lot, a few of them is not many. They said there's only about 30 of them in the world now that still creating samurai swords, uh, the traditional way, you know, everybody else is, has used some form of technology. And even the ones who's creating a traditional way, they're still using some forms of technology too. They're not, a, it's not all traditional, but it's probably about 80% traditional and, and 20 to 20% with new technology. Um, but the art of sword making is phenomenal. But I don't even think it's any more phenomenal than creating a bloodline. Or your own bloodline in game foul. Or if not your own bloodline, just your own birds. One of the key things in sort making, which I think is identical to game foul breeding, is the raw materials. In sort making, they have to have great steel. Number one, the raw materials, great steel, right? They have to have great coals and stuff to burn a fire extremely hot, extremely hot. They have to have great tools to handle the steel, 
the raw materials that have to come out of the fire, going in the fire and coming out the fire. They have to have great skills that has been developed over time from experience, not stuff that been learned from the Internet or only from the Internet. But skills that have been developed over time from experience, stuff they may have learned from somebody else, but they had to do it themselves to develop their own skill set. I believe every last one of those things is directly compatible to game foul. To start out, you want to try to get the best raw materials, which will be the best bloodlines you can gain access to or whatever you can afford. Right. Then with the raw materials or the blood, then you get into the other things, which is the care, the facilities that they in. You know, all of those stuff, all of those things are tools. Um, the coal in the fire to keep the fire burning hot, because if the fire doesn't burn hot enough, then it still can't get to the temperature that it needs to to be soft enough to even mold. It's the same thing. With the environment that you raise your game foul in. Raising a game foul in an environment is the same as a sword maker sticking a raw material inside of the fire to get the metal hot enough so it can be molded. That is identical to us having control over the environment that we keep our game foul in. Why does the sword maker needs to make sure that that he has the right coals at the right temperature. Why? So he can get the maximum results out of the steel. He cannot make a sword out of that raw material if his fire is not right. His fire is not right if he doesn't use the proper coals, the proper air. That's directly compatible to game foul. You can buy the best blood in the world, but you don't have them in a the right environment. You're not supplying them with what they need at different stages of their life. You're not going to be able to maximize their potential. It doesn't mean they're going to be trash. But the whole purpose of breeding and raising anything is you're breeding and raising it to extract the maximum potential. The same thing that the sword maker is doing. He got the right tools. He got the right coal. He burned a fire at the right temperature. Once the steel get hot enough to mold, he pulls it out and he gives it the right amount of taps. Before he turn it, he sticks it in the water to cool it off the right amount of time before he pulls it out. All of this stuff is learned. From experience, stuff that they were taught. But they still had to practice it to develop a skill set. You cannot learn everything and not apply any of it. Period. So, you know, it's, 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 it's again, guys, another analogy that has nothing to do with chickens that we can relate directly to chickens. I say this guy, I say this all the time, guys. It's so many things that we can use out in everyday life, out in this real world. So many principles that we can use that we can apply to game foul to make us more successful, 
to give us a different perspective. The worst thing you want to do in game foul or anything is just surround yourself with people that just do that and never look outside of anything to get any a, a different perspective on anything. So I, my mind is always working like that. That's why when I watch this documentary, I'm like, that's no different than breeding game foul. You got to have the right raw materials. You got to create the best environment that you create. You know, uh, you have to have that hand-on experience, that practical experience, so you can make better decisions. You know, you cannot learn selection just through the internet. You have to actually practice it. You have to try it. You actually have to select hens and, and cocks and breed them to see what comes out of it. That's the only way you're going to learn. I mean, you can learn the principles offline. You can learn principles off from books. But at the end of the day, there is no substitute of you doing the actual breeding. Same thing in sword making. There's no substitute in him cutting something with that sword. Or going through the whole process to create the sword. He can sit in a laboratory and say, okay, you know what? We needed the, the fire at 2,200 degrees. We need this steel right here. We need these tools to lift the steel out of the fire. You know, we need this tool right here to dip the, the, the sword into the water to cool it. You can have all the tools. You can have all the knowledge. You can have all the theory. But none of that stuff is going to replace you actually doing it. So, again, that's why it's so important to don't ever fall victim and think that all you need is the knowledge. You need more than the knowledge. You cannot learn from somebody who all they have is knowledge and no experience at all. You can't. Like, how are you going to learn from somebody that just got an academic aspect of something? Now, you have different levels of skill, of experience, which determines a person in that skill set. You have different levels. Everybody cannot weld the same, even though they're using the same tools, the same tanks and the same mechan, you know, all the same tools. Everybody well is not going to look the same. But the guy who's in many cases the best had put a lot of work into to to master his craft, right? The guy, the academic guy or the professor of the class may not be the best welder. Just like the professors in business schools, a lot of times ain't the best business owners. Many of them ain't even business owners. Because a lot of that stuff is theory. And the education that you're learning in school is actually based on real world experience. Well, at least in business school or these colleges, these case studies and stuff like that are actually examples based on a real world. They don't have case studies on school, on a classroom. They got case studies on the subjects out in the real world. Because there's two sides. There's real experience and there's academical experience. There's theory and then there's experience. Everything in theory does not work in real life. And that is why looking at the blacksmith, they got to put those swords to the test to determine if their work was great.
There's no substitute for it. You can't create a lab by just, I mean, you can't create a sword by just learning how to create a sword. You actually have to create one. You have to make one. So, you know, it's uh, uh, like Dr. Fabio said, you constantly have to pressure the bloodline to get the best out of it. And that's true. You know, you constantly have to do it. You constantly have to evaluate. You know, it is it is a point to where everybody should get to a point to where you have enough information. Now it's time to start putting this information to use. Some people is obsessive about knowing everything, but doing nothing. You got to actually go out there and breed two chickens together. You can learn all the scientific words. You can read all the books. You can watch all the pot, you know, watch all the videos. You can watch all the podcasts. But that stuff is created for you to go out there and actually put it to use. And it's something that I talked about the other day, but it's, it's like I said, it's about practicing your craft. If you do it, I posted this the other day. If you spend one hour a day more than what you usually do on something, in 30 days, you will be amazed of how much better you are at it. I don't care what it is. You want to see some type of effects. Just spend one additional hour a day on something. Spend one additional hour a day sitting there and watching, say, one stag or two stags or three stags. Not the whole entire farm, but you can. But spend one extra hour a day looking at a few selected stags. And tell me what you learned at the end of 30 days. I promise you it'd be more than you learned, you knew at the beginning of the 30 days. And... We can watch all of the samurai sword making videos. We can look at all the drawings. We can do all of that. But until we actually try it, you don't know how good you are at it. You don't know how good you are at it. So, you know, back to the the the, the analogy with this with the samurai sword maker, it is amazing how it is totally relatable to what we do. They make sure they get the best steel, or say, put it this way, the right steel for what they created. Let me take that back. The Japanese make sure they get the right steel for what they are creating. It may not be the same steel that's used for a part on a car. It may not be the same steel that's used for a beam inside of a skyscraper. They go out and get the best steel for making swords, not making steel beams in warehouses, not making car parts or engine parts. They get the best steel for sword making. That's directly relatable to game foul. Get the best blood for the performance that's required. Different activities require different things. Different activities require different things. This is a lot different in confirmation. When you're breeding birds just based on confirmation and no performance at all, then you breed it based on the standards of that breed. 
So that means he can look the part, but don't have to perform the part. You can take a coon dog that can win the Westminster, but cannot find a coon if he was fenced in the same backyard with the coon. So with confirmation, you're able to create something that looked apart, but that's not required to do the part. So, again, going back to sword makers. You can have samurai swords that look good, but put under the right pressure. They're going to fail. Then you got samurai swords that look good and can stand a brutality test. They won't fail. And that's the difference. That's the problem with breeding any animal based on looks. Same problem with creating, you know, a sword and putting a shiny finish on it and all the chrome and all that, the gold around a hand, hand guard and all that. That all look good. But as soon as you go try to chop something, it don't cut. Or you chop something really hard and the sword chips. There's a difference. So if you're looking for an animal based on, if you're looking for an animal to perform a, in a performance capacity, you can't go looking at something that's bred to just look like it can perform. Period. That's what any animal, with horses, dogs, any animal, not just with chickens. And that's what this documentary was saying as far as, that's what this documentary was saying as far as sword making. There's a lot of swords out there that look good, but they don't pass the test. They can't cut. They can't stay, they, the blades bend easy, but they look good. They're beautiful. So that just kind of shows you the difference. Again, extremely compatible. Sword making, game fowl breeding. The samurai sword makers who's making swords to compete or to be put under pressure is not going to the individual who's making swords just to look good. They're using two different types of metals and they have two different processes. One is creating something to look good. One is creating something to perform and also look good. But mainly to, to perform. Look good come later. But he needs something to be able to perform. And this is the crazy thing about it. The master sword makers, their swords that created is beautiful. Not only can it perform under most extreme conditions, they're beautiful. Unlike the guy who's making a sword that looks shiny but can't perform. It's the same thing with every single animal. Every single animal is the same identical thing. So if you don't understand what I'm saying, just do a little research on samurai swordsmanship and watch how they make it and tell me that's not identical to the process of game foul.
raw materials, having the right tool, creating the right environment so you can maximize the benefit out of the steel. The same thing in game foul. The same identical thing. They cannot spend all their time learning the academic aspect of making a sword. They spend their time in the lab creating swords. They learn something, they go to the lab and try it out. They learn something new, they go to the lab and try something out. They learn another thing, they go to the lab and try it out. We have many guys in this sport and many other sports that know everything from an academic standpoint. And the answers are correct. I'm not even saying they're wrong. But they cannot even do what they're teaching. That's the, that's the key part. Archie, you're exactly right. What's up, Rob? Josh. That's right, Josh Winters. He said, uh, <laughs> Josh Winters said, somebody, uh, somebody going to use that one time or another, so it better be able to perform. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. What's up, James? But, guys, I just kind of want to share that analogy because, again, like I say, it's it's something that is that's identically relatable, so relatable to game foul. You know, Japanese uh, sword making. It's unbelievable how relatable that is to game foul with the sword maker making sure he picked the right steel for making swords make sure he got the right tools the right coals so he can burn a fire at the right temperature so he can maximize the potential of the steel that he got then he practiced over and over and over so he can maximize his skill set so he can form that piece of steel to the best sword that he possibly can make. That's the same thing we do in game foul. They're constantly honing their skills. You are not honing your skill just by reading the information and not applying it. It's okay to sound smart. It's okay to be smart. But at the end of the day, what are you creating? What are you creating? One of the sword makers talked about how he had a disciple, which he was training. He said his ultimate goal was with that disciple was to make him better than him. Listen to me. His ultimate goal, this old Japanese sword maker, which is only 30 of them left in the world, and he's one of the 30, has one disciple. And his ultimate goal was with that disciple, he said, was to make him better than him. So you know what that means? He's not teaching him if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So I can see with his disciple on his setup, he had a little bit more technology than 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 his uh, teacher. I seen the 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 the, uh, the mechanism that he was using to heat the metal. That's that's a new that's technology. He wasn't using that bag. With the big brick oven, like his teacher. But like his teacher said, he want his disciple to be better than him. So uh, he didn't discourage his disciple from using a oven 
of a new technology oven to heat the steel. He didn't discourage him from that. He didn't say, oh, you know what? You know, we've been using brick ovens to heat this steel for a thousand years. He didn't discourage his disciple from going out, getting a newer oven with new technology that can burn his steel hotter, faster, maintain the temperature longer and more even so he can make a better sword. His teacher encouraged that. He didn't discourage it. That's something I see in a sport a lot. Nobody wants to pass on their uh, 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 teachings. But yet, they want the sport to stay alive. They love the sport. How can a sport stay alive? How can a sport prosper? How can a sport grow? How can a sport get stronger or even maintain? If nobody wants to share what they know. That's the reason why. Look at what happened to the Japanese sword makers. It's only 30 of them left. Why? Because the hundreds or thousands that was out there didn't want to teach nobody nothing. Now there's only 30 left. So, you know, at the end of the day, guys, it's something that we really need to think about. Pull our head out the chicken world and understand that we can learn a lot of universal principles outside of chickens that we can apply to make us better. Not just better roostermen, better human beings. So, you know, we have to stop being selfish because looking at the Japanese sword makers, they were selfish. Now they're paying a price. There's only 30 of them left. But yet they say they love the tradition. They love it. You know, they love tradition. They love Japan. They love the art of sword making. Well, if they loved it so much, why they wasn't out there teaching? Now they're scrambling to teach people. Well, there's only 30 of them left. There's only 30 of them left. Now what? So, you know, Rod, you're exactly right, brother. It's just, just like cigars. I actually even use cigar growers as an analogy to game foul breeders. You know, um, and guys, I, I, you know, I just try to share stuff because, again, I try to practice what I preach. And, and uh you know, if you love this sport as much as you say you do, then you put just as much effort in trying to prepare the next generation as you do in all the other stuff in Game Foul. Because, again, the Japanese sword makers were selfish. And now here we are 100 years later, and there's only 30 of them left. After they've been making swords for 500 years. Only thing they can boast to brag about was how better their sword was better than the next sword maker. And now look, 500 years later, there's only 30 of them left. What, they going to blame it on a steel mill? What, they going to blame it on an emperor? What, they going to blame it on what? what taxes? What, they, they going to blame it on everything else but they self? It's their fault. There's only 30 of them left because of them. Being self-serving, creating swords just to want to be known as the best sword maker. I want to be better than the next sword maker. And 500 years later, there's only 30 of them left. So, you know, at the end of the day, uh, it's it's uh, 
you know, is something, again, that we really need to think about. Because I promise you, 500 years ago, with the amount of Japanese sword makers that was out there, I bet you they never thought in 500 years there would only be 30 of them left due to their selfish ways. They had a master craft that's phenomenal. That is phenomenal. That takes grueling hours, hours in the most extreme conditions to master the art of sword making. But even they were selfish. Only trying to create swords so they can be better than the next one. Creating the best swords. And 500 years later, there's only 30 of them. So now the traditional art of sword making is about to be extinct. So I cannot, uh, and I will continue sharing whatever analogies that I could, that I can. I will continue encouraging a new generation to have a very open mind. I will keep continue on encouraging people to look outside of chickens for universal principles that will make them better at what they do, help them get closer to their goal in a shorter period of time. I will continue to discourage people from being lazy and using exceptions of the rules. Oh, I ain't going to say exception of the rules, using exceptions as a rule. Um, because I just think, again, if you love this sport as much as you say you do, what are you doing for the sport? Because, you know, 80% of guys are just doing stuff for them. They're not doing it for nobody else. And they never make time for the sport unless it's something self-serving. So. You know, again, guys, it's just something that I will continue to share. I'll continue putting out there because I receive a ton of messages uh, from people that saying that the information that's being shared is very, very useful. You know, either opening their eyes to a new perspective or just confirming what they already had been, been, been believing. But I'm only one person. Um. You know, it's 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 definitely, you know, something that, you know, we all have to really look in the mirror and say to ourselves. You know, what am I willing to give back to the sport? It's like John F. Kennedy said, it's not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. Again, another analogy that has nothing to do with chickens that can be applied to game fowl community. It's not what. Or how many sales you making. Or how many trophies you won. Or how many likes you got on a post. It's about what are you doing for the sport that has gave you memories that you can cherish until you six feet under. What are you doing for the sport? Most are doing nothing but criticizing critiquing, judging, comparing. None of those things is teaching. None of those things is positive. None of those things is giving back to the sport. What are you doing for the sport that has gave you memories that you will cherish for the rest of your life? What are you doing? You got time for everything but to give back. So, guys, I'm going to leave it at that. 
Uh, hopefully, y'all guys took the time to watch the video entirely. If not, believe me, I'll know because you'll have some comments in the comment box that's so unrelated to what we're talking about. That just shows me exactly why the media is what it is. All I got to do is put, put a good title in there and boom, they get reaction because ain't nobody going to read the context. So, um, guys, uh, we will be having an interview this weekend just to let you know. Um, I'll be putting a post up today, be putting up the flyer today. Um, but again, guys, some of y'all going to join me on my journey to trying to make the biggest positive impact that we can make on this community. And some of y'all going to sit on the sideline and just watch it happen. But at the end of the day, if, if it's me by myself or a thousand behind me, I'm going to keep on moving forward and doing everything I possibly can to make a positive impact on guys' lives. Stay focused, stay positive, stay blessed, and I'll talk to y'all guys soon.